we continue with worship this morning, you may have been wondering, especially if you're new with us or if you weren't here for our Pentecost gathering, why do we have this image of a pinwheel up on our screen? Um, first of all, big thanks to Aaron who created this. Uh, but as we entered into Pentecost, uh, we as a community uh, entered into that time with a week of prayer and intentional engagement in prayer, seeking the Holy Spirit, uh, recognizing that as a faith community, we depend on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and at that Pentecost gathering, we had uh, yeah, just a, a moving time of worship and prayer. And at the end, we passed out pinwheels uh, as this image when we talk about the Holy Spirit as being the breath or the wind as it identifies in the Bible with the Hebrew and Greek words. And so this pinwheel is a beautiful image that when the wind blows, it moves. And that we as a community depend on the breath of God, the wind of God, the Holy Spirit to move us. Uh, but we also recognize that pinwheels don't move very well unless they're pointed in the right direction. Uh, and so we entered into that time as a community recognizing that this was not just about a one-time event. It wasn't just about that week of prayer. It wasn't just about Pentecost Sunday. Uh, but we said from the beginning that we wanted to be about us as a community taking a lifelong posture of trusting and following the Holy Spirit. That we don't want to just be event Christians seeking some sort of spiritual high or some religious experience. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but that we want to be a people who are continually turning and seeking the Spirit. In Galatians 5.25, Paul writes, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep our pinwheels turned in the right direction. And certainly those events, those times where we feel the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, those deep spiritual experiences are very valuable. I don't want to discount those. I pray for more of them. But they always come with an invitation to follow, to keep in step with the Spirit to persist. And I think we miss the point if we think that the Spirit is just going to come upon us and everything about us is going to be awesome. That would be great, uh, but it doesn't usually work that way. And the Spirit may come upon us in a great manifestation to empower us to proclaim the good news of Jesus at a certain time or to build one another up in the faith, through a gift of prophecy, or healing, or teaching. But the Spirit does even more than that. The Holy Spirit invites us to keep in step, to dance with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in a process of formation. The deeper truth of the Holy Spirit is not just this one-time thing, but the Holy Spirit is a forming Spirit. And that formation involves our, our participation, and yes, even some effort. I think we're 
We kind of get this idea sometimes that the Holy Spirit is present when things are exciting and great. We have a, a moving time in worship. And then when other gatherings happen and maybe the teaching was a little bit boring, that never happens, right? Or maybe at house church when the kids are kids and caught in this chaos and wildness, we don't usually say, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit was really moving in that time. But the truth is, the Spirit is constantly at work. The Spirit is not a circumstantial spirit. The Holy Spirit is always inviting us into this process of formation. And it was interesting that very week, I believe, after our Pentecost worship gathering, we experienced kind of a mixed bag of things within our community. There was encouragement, there was excitement, and there was also some really hard things that happened that week. Uh, the Gerhards experienced a week that I'm sure they will not soon forget. Uh, as Cindy's mom was in the final stages of her life, Kent became very ill, and Cindy's mom passed away while Kent was in the hospital having surgery for a burst appendix. Bill Borgard's father passed away that week. Peggy Busby was diagnosed with stage three cancer that week. And it could be easy to say, well, man, we were praying for the Holy Spirit. What happened? The amazing thing was, as I had the opportunity to meet with those people, I realized that these are people who have been formed by the Holy Spirit. I was reminded of Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only, <clears throat> not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, as I had the opportunity to, to meet with the Gerhards and to talk with Bill and to meet with Peggy, I was blessed. Because in the midst of all their difficulty, each one of them testified to the goodness and faithfulness of God and how they were seeing the Holy Spirit at work even in these very hard times, even in the midst of grief and pain, they spoke of God's goodness. So the Spirit was very present in those times. I think 
we miss the point if we think the Holy Spirit's presence is only manifest when things are awesome. The Spirit is present and working in all circumstances, forming us. And we talked about the Holy Spirit empowering us to proclaim the good news of Jesus. The Holy Spirit also is forming us to embody that good news. The Holy Spirit is a formational spirit, forming in us the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, forming us into a community and forming us into Christ-likeness. And I've been, been reading here and there throughout Paul's letters, and I'm astounded at how the Spirit is working, forming, and how often Paul talks about hardship, and yet how the Spirit is moving in the midst of that. And Michael Gorman is a uh, New Testament scholar, and he's just written some fantastic stuff about Paul and his letters, and he says this about the Spirit and who Paul testified the Spirit to be. He says, because the Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Spirit forms believers into a community of God's people marked by God's presence. And because the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit molds believers into a community that lives in accord with the pattern of Christ. And because the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit forms believers into a distinctive holy, covenant community whose patterns of living differ from their neighbors. And earlier this morning, Steve led us in worship singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This morning, I'd like to talk about God and the Holy Spirit forming us to be a holy holy, holy community. A little bit different holy. Uh, first, to be a holy community, the Holy Spirit is at work in us to make us whole, to bring about wholeness. That passage in Romans starts off with, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And that word peace comes from a root in the Greek that means to join, to tie together into a whole. So peace means wholeness. It's the same in the Hebrew, shalom, meaning completeness or wholeness. So God is at work bringing about wholeness, and we see this through the ministry of Jesus That Jesus is in the work of mending and healing brokenness. Steve mentioned he's reading some passages in Isaiah, and a couple have come to mind for me too. One is Isaiah 61, 1 through 5, which is a passage that Jesus uses as his inaugural address, saying, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives, release from darkness for prisoners, to comfort mourners, to give a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That was the ministry of Jesus, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And that work of the Holy Spirit draws us into community so that our community can be moved to wholeness. And this week, I was, I was moved by an image that somebody actually shared at our Pentecost gathering an image that the Holy Spirit gave them in our time of worship about us as, as fragile and broken vessels through whom God proclaims the gospel. And I was thinking about that, and, and 2 Corinthians 4 talks about how we have this treasure, the gospel in jars of clay. And I did a, a quick Google search, and, and this Japanese form of pottery came about. And some of you may be familiar with it. It's, forgive my pronunciation, I tried to look it up, and, but I'm not Japanese. Uh, but it's this word, kinsukuroi. And it means golden joinery or golden repair. And what they do is when a pot is broken or fractured, they don't discard that piece. Instead, they take a gold lacquer and they mend those pieces together and you have this beautiful golden streaks throughout the work saying that the wounds are part of the story of this pot, of this pottery. And they're not a part of the story that should be hidden or replaced, but incorporated into the final beauty This idea tells us that there's more value in mending what's broken than in ignoring it or replacing it. And this is the work of Jesus in our life, to take those broken pieces and make us whole and incorporating that brokenness into our final beauty. We're called to be holy we're also called to be holy, as in set apart, uniquely attractive because of the Holy Spirit. And there's something that I think that's really beautifully attractive about that kinsukuroi. There's something beautifully attractive about being broken people, but being being healed people in the process of healing. Because I don't think the world is looking for perfect people. I think the world is looking for authentic community. A safe space, a sacred place, a holy community where it's safe to be broken and messy but to move toward healing. Being healed people 
If we are being healed people, we offer hope to those who are broken and fractured. We offer a space to journey with them in that process. And in that journey, though they weren't looking for perfect people, they come to find the perfect person, the healer, the one whose love is poured out for them. The Holy Spirit is in the process of forming us to be holy people, because in holiness, we embody the good news of God's healing and transformation. So we don't just proclaim the good news. We are the good news. We embody it to people who desperately need it. Theologian Elaine Heath writes this about holiness. She says, holiness of heart and life is the language that proclaims the good news to every culture in all times. Genuine holiness is deeply attractive, inviting people into relationship with the one whose meaning is love. Genuineness, genuine holiness, that's another word for the character that Paul describes in Romans 5. Genuineness because we've gone through some stuff. And lastly, I think the Holy Spirit is calling us to be a holy community, a community that is filled with holes. So as I was thinking about this image of the Japanese there's part of it that breaks down for me because I don't think our wounds and our brokenness are sealed off like they are in that pottery. When Paul writes about the fragile jar, clays of jar, he says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And it's striking to me that the resurrected Jesus is a holy Jesus. He still has holes in his hands. He still has the hole in his side. And I know, I believe that we can see this that the very things that wound us, that break us, the very things that are being healed become the very places through which God's love is poured out through us. Because when we've been wounded and broken, but then when we surrender to the Spirit, those wounds become the very place of compassion. And I think about Katina, who we talked about earlier, who experienced great grief and loss, and through that journey of healing for herself said, I need to share this with other people who are grieving and hurting. And so her wounds became an avenue for God's grace and love to others. 
And Katina also, with the help of Jenny, have experienced pain and brokenness through the journey of foster care. And so they started a foster care support group to say, we need to share. Kent, who's had some battles with cancer. And yet, those experiences have become an avenue for him to share God's love and God's goodness with those who are battling cancer. And others in our community who have experienced struggles and are experiencing struggles with mental health. And yet, I see them in the midst of their brokenness, in the midst of their healing process, sharing love and grace with other people with similar experiences. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, which is a verse that we talked about not too long ago that Doug read, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Our wounds and brokenness become a source of compassion. So God, in God's goodness, uses the very parts of us that are broken, puts gold lacquer over them, but leaves them open just enough that his love can be poured out through us. A few months ago, there was a, a local pastor who, who stepped down from his position as pastor of his local congregation. Uh, and in January was his, his kind of official final service as pastor. And he gave a final charge to his community. And in that final charge, he reminded his community of an image that he had shared with them time and time again. And in that final charge, this pastor by the name of J.R. Briggs said, may we, may we be pipes and not buckets. May we leak Jesus all over a parched world. And I was thinking about that image and... JR, I hope it's okay if I expand upon it, but I was wondering about those broken pieces of us. And there's something beautiful about the water spraying out, God's living water, the Holy Spirit, of being holy pipes. And I'm not the artist that Aaron is, but uh, I tried to work up a drawing incorporating this image of Kinsukuroi and being holy pipes. 
May we be a being healed people, Renew. People who recognize that we're broken, but recognize that in the brokenness, the Holy Spirit is working to form in us something beautiful. Something through which the grace of God, the love of Jesus, may be poured out to those who need it. The Spirit empowers us to proclaim the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and the inbreaking of his kingdom. The Spirit also forms us to embody this good news as a holy, holy, holy community. I'll close with another passage from Isaiah 43, 40, 43 and 44, a few verses. This is actually came to me because Michael, Michael Donnell, who's traveling around and we prayed for earlier, sent me an email yesterday and said that Isaiah 43 was kind of the theme verse that they were talking about. I thought, this, this fits. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord Others will write on their hand, the Lord's. Gracious God, I thank you that you are a God who loves us as we are. And also loves us enough not to leave us as we are. Through Christ, you are working to heal us, to mend us. And in that healing process, in your goodness, in your sovereignty, you, you, you use the very things that break us to pour out your love to others. The Holy Spirit, come. Come and empower us to proclaim your good news. Come and form us to be a community who embodies your good news as holy, holy, holy people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.